live here. Live! But we don't have to necessarily know what that means. What's the someday of Black? I don't like, know that we want This story happens now. Ladies and gentlemen, the movie writes itself. Ooh. <laughs> I'm still streaming. How do I stop streaming? No! Hello. Hello. Yeah, right. I've just been dealing with a screaming child for the last half an hour. Yikes. It's been very difficult. And I'm, I think, but a shell of the man I once was. Uh, well, if you're a parent and you have considered getting Minecraft for your children, also consider Grunt. Because it is the cause of... Yeah. 90% of the arguments and fights between my children. There was a thing that I read a, years ago about Minecraft. It's like crack. It lights up the same brain. brain as crack. Yeah, I remember mm -hmm. read the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's tough because it's... You read so, the same thing, but you gave the crack to your kid. But it's, it's interesting because, like, it's, like, at the same time, I genuinely feel like it's immensely educational. Really? And it's like Lego. Like, they get the same kick out of it as, like, Lego. And different blocks do different things, and they begin to understand, like, causality mm. of things. And it's got a real kind of fantasy element to it. But it also does a thing to their brain that when you turn it off, when you say you can't do this, or in this particular case, my, you know, my youngest wants to play, and my eldest is playing with friends online and chatting, and my friend had moved away. And it's just, it just makes this thing go, Gah! And yeah. they go crazy. It's really tough. Weird. Yeah, because they don't do that with Lego. They don't do that with Lego. That's exactly right. They do not do that with Lego. That's exactly right. It yeah. doesn't do this. There's there's something yeah. else going there on there. Chemically. The screen, the... Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. But it is. Have... Minecraft is the highest grossing selling video game of all time. So probably because it's crack. Because it's crack. Because they, they infuse it with crack. I mean, like, wouldn't it be crazy if we discovered... Like later, that there was that that there was subliminal messaging going on behind yeah. the screen. It's that episode of, of and then actually we realized yeah. that like they were brainwashing our children. Well, it's the classic episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where they all start playing this game, and the game gives you a little dopamine hit whenever you do it. And ultimately, mm -hmm. everyone on board starts playing it, gets completely addicted to it, except for I think like Wesley and maybe. Data gets disabled early on because uh, they know that he, the machine knows that he won't right, get addicted to it. Be, and Wesley's right. the only one who isn't doing it. Or Dr. Crusher. It's either Dr. Crusher or Wesley. But basically, is it's an alien intelligence that's like got this game to like kind of make you do shit. I'm telling you, dude, they're doing it to your kids. Yeah, totally. They're going to discover that the inventors of Minecraft have been brainwashing children. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh. Um so to start our conversation today, we got a, a, a very lovely comment on one of our other videos um, and question. Um, uh, and I uh, replied and said, you know what, we'll talk about that today. Um, I missed it. And the question was, it was, it was a quite, quite a nice comment, so you should um, go back and read it. But the question part of the comment was, can we discuss... Um, when or how to take a break from a screenplay mm. or stop writing a screenplay mm. because it's hard to 
try and get a screenplay to be perfect, but also build up a portfolio at the same time? And it's a really good question. It is a good question. Yeah. When you're starting out, I know I suffered from this. When you're starting out, you do tend to focus all of your energy on one script. Yeah. We did, didn't we? For years, it was it was silver. Yeah. 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 Um, And then even the ones after, there's there's a tendency to want to like really not let go make it perfect. Um, And I think that, you know, here's the thing. You want the best script that that you can do. Um, And not everyone writes fast. And if it takes you a long time and you're working support jobs and you're only able to do an hour every Mm -hmm. so often, it might Mm -hmm. take a really long time on one script. Um, I'm a believer personally that it is better to have one really great script than five. eh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And also, but then again, the other, like, does it have to be extremes? You know, could it be like, like, it's great. Of course, it's really good to have one really, really, really excellent script. It really is. and, And that becomes, I think, a calling card. But would it be good to have three very good scripts? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I guess it depends on your philosophy in terms of, like, I don't know. I I personally don't like the idea of ever sending a script out to market that you don't think is your very best work. Yeah, I hear so, that. I hear that. Yeah, know, I do. Yeah, if I you're agree. like, oh, well, I can... I can do one rewrite on this, but I don't really have, then I'm just going to move on. And it is what it is. I feel like you've called, I don't know. I feel like you've called me out on that before. And I've gone like, this seems good enough. And you're like, no, good enough. Isn't okay. Like it needs to be the best version. It can, it can be. And I, and I think there's, I think there's benefit in that. And also, you know, per the nature of the question, Mm -hmm. at what point do you go, you know what? I actually need to put this down. And that is, that is, I've been listening to um, and reading um, Stephen King's autobiography or biography, Mm -hmm. autobiography, which one's Mm -hmm. when you write it yourself, autobiography. Autobiography, Um, But also it really is talking about his life in writing. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read Stephen King on writing, it's just excellent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm listening to it and he narrates it Mm. and it's just wonderful. But one of the things that he does a lot of the time is he just puts something down, puts it in yeah. a drawer and comes back to it at some point later. And right. it's interesting because what did we have recently whereby we had put a script down for a little while and we came back to it and we went, oh, yeah, having the time and distance away from that has really helped. A couple of things. A couple mm-hmm. of things. It's helped illuminate two things. Interesting. It highlights or highlighted for me what was good about the script right and what i still enjoyed right and also i could see with the benefit of perspective and not being in it to go mm. this is the this is the area where it needs improving right right um i'm absolutely guilty in 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 several instances of feeling that something was ready before it was ready mm. um yeah, but I I agree with the idea of not spending your life 
perfecting that one script. Yes. And I think a really good example of that for us um, was the first script that we ever wrote uh, together, um, mm -hmm. which is a script called Silver Fox. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a script that I had actually started originally and had spent oh, a long time writing. I mean, at least a year. Um, I was working two support jobs at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jake and I started working together. And the thing we decided to do was do a rewrite on that script. Mm -hmm. And then we worked on that script for at least a year, um, at least close to it, various drafts. We did multiple things on it. Um, and I do think there is a point where you have to recognize, are you at the place in your life your writer's journey as a, as a creative writer to get that script to its best place. Mm. Um, is that your best work or are you just being yeah. overly critical? And then if it's not your best work yet and you've been working on it for a year, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. You can, I mean, this is one of those scripts that we have actually come back to now, um, 11 years later, mm. 14 years later, 14 years later. Yeah, 14 years later. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was a really now. interesting thing to yeah. look at it and go, wow, like nobody's ever seen this script. It was, mm. we, we, never, we didn't even have reps at the time. No. But you go, you know what? The idea was really good. There was mm -hmm. some really cool stuff here. Yeah. Now that we are 14 years further into our writing career and our craft, we could actually see how we could make this a really cool movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think you should be afraid to say, you know, maybe this isn't the one and mm -hmm. keep going. Um, and, you know, I know it can be frustrating. I know we have gotten frustrated at times recently whereby we had started scripts and then stopped them because we got mm. stuck yep um and it can be frustrating to go well i didn't yeah. actually finish that um yeah and there is it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a very it's a very complex and convoluted question as well because you kind of go at what point is it ready at what point do you go it's ready when you feel it is the best that you can do that's when it's ready sure when you read it and you go, yeah, this is the best. I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would add that having five to six weeks away from a script, away from a project, and then reading it after that and going and asking yourself that question then mm -hmm. is the best. Or maybe it's maybe it's a month, whatever it is. A period of time when you can kind of forget about it and maybe even work on something else for a while mm -hmm. because when you're in it and even if you're freshly in it yeah. i think perspective can be very difficult we had an experience recently where we went and revisited a script and i was like i don't think as i read it i didn't think it was the best it could have been mm -hmm. and at the time, I didn't feel that. I was all like, yes, it's ready. Let's go. Let's get it out there, etc." And as I reread it, I went, ah. This well, is what you're developing with a producer, to be clear. I, I think that there's, I mean, look, I don't think that every project you're going to have the luxury of putting something down for a month and coming back to it. It all depends on the situation. If, you're, um, if, 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 if it's a paid know, gig, if you it's might a not. job and you yeah. have a three-month deadline, Very you valid. don't have that luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and you will ultimately have to submit a draft, but you can go over your deadline a little bit if you think you can yeah, still totally. make it better and better. And, and also is, adding into it, perspectives of other people. Yeah, perspectives of other people. But I, but I genuinely think that like, you know, all of those are factors. If it, that that you can look at, you go, is this the script the best it can be now? today mm. is have i done everything that i can at this yeah. moment and maybe that means it's not even done maybe mm. that means i'm somewhere in the middle of act two and i go i have done everything i can with this script today mm. and it's time to put it down for whatever however long it might mm. be mm. and then come back to it another time it doesn't mean that the idea is bad it doesn't mean the writing that you've done up until that point is bad yeah it just means you have to just be honest with yourself and go can this be better or have i gotten as far as i can get with where i am as mm. a writer mm. um you know i genuinely feel like you know the work that we submit i would say 95% of the time uh, or send out that we feel, or at least I feel, in that, in that moment is the best yeah. that it can be at that time. Now, yeah. there. here's the thing about movies and writing. It's never done. Well, that's what we were so, saying the other day, wasn't it? Right. It's like so movies we, aren't ever finished. They're abandoned. <laughs> yeah. And so if you are writing a script and you feel like it's the best it can be at that moment and you also feel that it's the best that you can do as a writer at that point in your life then great yeah send it out there okay. um if you feel like you've you're stuck and you are having a writer's block moment or if you are just like i know there's something here but it's just not what it could be mm. then put it down mm -hmm. you know um I think that we all have to realize that we're that that writing like any other art or craft is something that you get better and better and better at. The the writer that we are today collectively is a very different writer than the writer that we were 14 years yeah. ago. Um and you'll never have the opportunity to put every single project down and wait 14 years and read it again. <laughs> you know. So the I feel like it's a very personal question mm. you need to ask yourself. Mm. And you you also, I think, do need to look at the fact like if you've been working on something, and I won't use years or months, but think about hours. Think about if you've put in, you know, I would say what, like 32 hours into a project and you still can't get out of that one. Two hours. <laughs> um, I mean, like, you know, if you've put in like 300 hours and that might be a whole year for you, if that's all you It might be. Doing. Yeah, it but might you be. you put in 300 hours in, into a script and it's just not working, you probably need some space from it. You probably, I mean, that's what 300 hours is like. I mean, if you, if six it, weeks or so, right? Sure, of six sure. full working weeks. And actually, it's probably more like 10. 
you know, it's so, like 10 weeks of work. I think if we were writing a spec and we were 10 weeks in and we were like, fuck. Still at the end of it, still just, not good again. Maybe yeah, we just go, let's put it. that down and come there, back. There, we'd go, you know what? <laughs> let's not just keep trudging yeah. through the mud. Yeah. Let's take some distance from it, you know? Yeah. Um, and everybody has a different, like we're lucky enough to be able to do this full time. And so, you know, 300 hours is, you know, eight to 10 weeks or whatever, you know, for us. Sure. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you won't even get there. I'm talking about when you're so passionate about something that you just want to keep going and keep going and keep going, but you're never getting there. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. You got to, and, and I do think there's constantly a reassessment. Like, let's say you've gotten to that 300 hours or whatever it is, and you have a full draft, and you're like, it's still not where it needs to be, but I know where it could be, and I know I can get it there. Mm-hmm. Well, then fucking get it there. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if it takes you another three hundred hours, right, right. But if you go, I think it's there. I'm not really sure. And you know, I feel like new writers and 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 myself included, there's this want, there's this desire to just rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And sometimes it's almost out of an insecurity mm-hmm. that what you're that, that you're not ready to share it. So you're just going to mm-hmm. keep rewriting it and keep mm-hmm. rewriting it. And, oh, I don't think I'm capable perhaps of making it the best that it can be. And it really is about self-reflection and about going, you know, where am I as a writer? Yeah, today? totally. Yeah, indeed. You know, so that's I good. I hope that answers um, that question. And I know that, <laughs> You know, it's a... It's a difficult question. Yeah. It's it's difficult emotionally, isn't it? It's... When do you put something down that you love? Down, yeah. I mean, there's different things too, isn't there? Like when you're told no, it might be a good time to put something down. And yet we haven't always. And again, you you look at examples of the amount of times people were told no about something. Well, winter's night. We were told no, and yeah. we wrote it anyway, and we sold yeah. it for yeah. seven figures. Yeah. But again, like, like I even look at examples like famously J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. The amount of rejection she got for that manuscript was it like 25, 30? Like it's, right. it's huge. Yeah. And then, but she believed in it so much right. Right. that she knew it was. She knew it was the best it could, it, it was going to be for that point. Yeah. Undoubtedly reworked it with an editor, but sure. it was, I believe in this so much and viewed it as, as good, as good enough. I guess, you know, the context of the yes. question that was being asked is, you yeah. know, how do you build out a portfolio and do the right. best work that you can? And I guess here's a second answer to that question. Yeah. And everybody's different, but you and I, Jake and I, have never really had a portfolio. Every script we've written has been the next script that we've either sold or tried to sell and thus failed. Yeah. If we yeah. finished it, we have tried and we have started specs. We have, we have, we have gone. Yeah. Eh. We well, have we one script in our portfolio that was this. I mean, we, I would say we have three scripts in our portfolio that 
They're not finished. Well, though. one was the one we're working, the one we developed when we just signed a shopping agreement for. That was an old script. Now, I guess that had gone out on sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Would, I mean, look, a portfolio as a new writer is very different than it is. You've got a trunk of old scripts that never went anywhere. Right. That's so not a portfolio. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I hear I'm you. I'm talking yeah. about, like, if you're asking about how many scripts should I have in order to enter the business yeah. or how much do I need in order to get a manager or how much do I need yeah. in order to uh, be considered, you know, a yeah. professional screenwriter. Well, how many, how many do you think that is? I, I mean, no. I, honestly, I think it's, it's one good one. One good I, one and at least, and at least. I sold the first script I ever wrote. Yeah. One script and it got made into a movie. I felt like I was a screenwriter at that point. I didn't uh -huh. need to have five scripts under my belt. Sure. And the next script that I wrote, I intended to sell. It didn't sell, but the intention, I didn't, I never wrote for samples. And I still, no, I'm, totally I'm very yeah. vocal yeah. about this and some people would, would disagree with me. I don't believe in writing samples. Yes. I, I don't believe it. I, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I believe that you should, every single story, if you believe in a story well enough to sit down and do 300 hours of writing on it, you're yeah, I, mean, I guess my question is, is do, do, do people view things as samples? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but maybe like, for example, we wrote The Princess and our manager was like, we'll try and sell it. If it doesn't sell, it'll be a really good sample. Well, you know? but that's not what he originally said. He was like, Originally, it was like, I don't know where it would sell, but it'll be a really good sample. Sure. Had we gone into writing it as just a, I, I wouldn't have started writing that with the belief that, well, no. it would just be a good sample. No. I yeah, yeah, wrote yeah. that to sell it. And we yeah. just didn't agree yes. with his thought process. Yes. But I have seen, whether it's been on screenwriter Twitter or whether it's been in other forums or whether it's been people asking questions of me personally about, what what's a good sample or what do you you know should i write a sample like uh, i just don't think that approaching a project with the mindset that this isn't to sell it's just to show how good of a writer i am mm -hmm. it yeah, just okay. it's like why would you do that <laughs> um yeah, yeah, and yeah. so i guess the the idea of like building a portfolio to me that just means that you've written the best script that you can and that you're still attempting to get re representation. You're attempting to get it into the right hands of a producer and you now have moved on to your next script. Yeah, sure. But if every script you write, yeah. you then- It's interesting though, isn't it? Because, yeah, it's almost like in TV and you hear varying opinions and it swings one way and then swings back the other way about writing a, a spec of an yeah. existing television show. I think it's gone away now, though. Well, it's funny because recently talk talk was about it coming back, and that people yeah. saying, I, I, "Yeah, as a showrunner, I want to see if I'm going to hire you on as staff mm. that you can write in a pre-existing voice for a pre-existing mm. character." Now that is a writing example. Really that is specific, though, isn't it? That's it is. not writing a screenplay. Nope. And that's writing to get on staff. Yes. And I think that's, that is like a, res, that's like, that's like um, a resume for a job in a way. Mm. It's like, 
you know, when my sister's in fashion and when she goes in to get a job, she has to present a portfolio that is essentially, yeah. this is what I can do. Yeah. That isn't going to be what she then makes when she starts her new job. Of course. But it's an example of what she can do. Absolutely. Now, in TV, I mean, for a while, and it was you write your own original pilot, um, and then yes. that is your sample. And so yeah. you have both. You can, one, try and go out and sell yeah. that one day. Um, and two, you can try and use that to get staffed on a job. Yeah. I'd be curious if there are any um, showrunners out there, and maybe we'll ask um, some people that we know, um, if they prefer to read a pilot or if they prefer to read a spec yeah. TV episode. Um, but for the purpose of screenwriting, which is what we're here to do, um, to, at least right now, um, I think that, you know, sample scripts are scripts that tried, that that could have sold but didn't and are really good. And yeah. they And a sample script really the best sample script is the script that did sell. So Winter's Night, which was our biggest sale, is still our sample script. It is. <laughs> this day. Now the princess is. I mean, now actually, the princess it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. changed. Yeah. Um, because now the princess is. It also depends as well. Made. Yeah, on what, on what. Depends on, on what. what. Exactly. But, but like, we have scripts that maybe weren't as good, but we tried to sell all of them mm -hmm. and they didn't sell. Yeah. And then they go in the quote portfolio. And that's yeah. what we're talking about in terms of this. Um, we have a script we can't talk about right now, which is an old one that yeah. we're breathing new life into. Mm -hmm. That I feel like is a different, that's not, I put it down or I wrote this to be part of my portfolio. Sure. That's a, we went out, we gave it the best shot that we could. It right. didn't sell, so it's on. It's in the filing cabinet. It's in the filing cabinet. And if anyone says, hey, have you got a $180 million fantasy yeah. movie? We wrote a movie long. for Sony. Yeah, yes. We wrote a movie for Sony called The Wells Initiative. And yes. there's uh, press about it. And, yeah. and it was an origin story of kind of how H.G. Wells wrote his novels and and the fantasy of it all was that he actually yeah. lived through events that inspired yeah. them and awesome. it was this great fun action adventure sci-fi and we wrote it for sony and we had um it was uh, a wonderful uh producer carter swan um who was producing it for us and when that didn't move forward for various reasons um as scripts do mm -hmm. you know he was like one day we're going to find, I'm going to be in a room and someone is going to say, you know, I've always wanted to do something about H.G. Wells. <laughs> and that's when I'm going to pull this script out and go, yeah, boom, um, I've got one. Totally. And that is a sample for that specific thing. Yeah. Now, sometimes yeah. we've gone out for perhaps like something that is the same type of feeling and we've sent that mm. as a sample. Mm, but, yeah, you sure. know. Um, I love that script. Anyway, we're... We're we're off the question at this yeah, point, but, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. idea basically of a portfolio and the reason I was talking about it was, I don't think that you should. And this is just think a about a script. I don't a think you should write for a portfolio. I think you should write to get a movie made, yeah. and if that movie doesn't get made, then they add, then add that to your portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> I concur. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
In fact, we are writing this spec right now, not just for you to enjoy it. <laughs> we want to sell it. Uh, we want the movie to be made. I mean, ultimately, that's the end goal. It's not even the sale. It's the actual making of a movie. Indeed. So speaking of which, I think we need to turn to... Um, our movie. Our movie, yeah. Yeah. So um, we've over the last day we didn't get a ton of new material out into our outline yesterday because we were talking about this kind of again slightly uh well we were just kind of re just kind of figuring out what what act two looks like. Are there any changes to be to be made in we were working back on our scratch document actually? Yeah. And we had started to talk through Sam and a change that we wanted to make to her. Yeah. You know, and it was and it was large, and so it really it was an important yeah. conversation to have and yeah. about Act Two as we as we yeah. go into outlining yeah. Act Two, which I yeah. think, um, you know, today we will start as I as I titled this episode to trudge through the bog of the eternal Act Two. Um, but uh, nice reference, nice never-ending story like, reference. Um, oh, is it never-ending story? Yeah, the no, it's not. It's labyrinth. No, it's labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yes. No. Yeah. It is labyrinth. Um. Anyway, uh, the the thing um that we ultimately came up with is that Sam is going to start to change. Yeah, and that this trigger is what happened. That she. That that the appearance of the Mark of Cain was triggered by the events of her family mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. And that that, like Neo, it's not that necessarily her actions that yeah. cause her to become the Antichrists. She inside of her has the potential yeah. to be that already. Yeah. yeah. And that she is starting to change. Yes. Like uh, we talked about Wolf. For example, yeah, sure, or sure, a yeah. zombie, or yeah, sure. something like that, yeah. and that in this case, the demonic energy um, is starting to grow and mm. build inside mm. of her, and that mm -hmm. visually, the mark of Cain is going to be the thing that starts to uh, symbolically show that growth. But yeah. also, we want to see like you know, like dark circles starting to form around her eyes or like her behavior, her, her yeah. dialogue getting more aggressive and more violent, her yeah. instincts to actually hurt someone in a, in a, in a confrontation instead of perhaps yeah. talking it through. I feel like we want to watch her over the course of act two, mm -hmm. go through this change so that, yeah. um, really, uh, that's kind of the going to be the growth of her of her character that her yeah. character arc essentially yeah. well, um, from someone who had kind of given up on life and then ultimately at the end realizes that she almost essentially turned into this thing and that yeah. she actually wants to be a better person now yeah. um yeah which I will say the whole NA meeting may contradict that. We'll have to reassess after we. We might have to reassess that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah does yeah. that fuck with that arc? Maybe maybe she's right. starting too soon to want change. Right. But that being said, we also talked about the midpoint, um, and that, and we talked a lot about Terminator and Midnight Run, and again, I'm talking about how actually 
um, you know, this is going to be a continuing chase style movie. But unlike those, like Terminator is really a character changed midpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but Midnight Run also was a, okay, we're, we're not going, I'm not going to just take you back mid, midpoint. It was yeah. a, like, now we are going to kind of fend off we can to take together. Um, and in ours, we had come up with the idea that what if at, in the first half of Act 2, they are truly on the run and need to figure out how to reverse this. I'll call it a spell, but it's really obviously Sure, not. yeah, but we know what we mean. But reverse yeah. the spell. Yeah. Um, and that the midpoint is the thing that causes us to realize, oh, it can be reversed if we go here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we continue yes. that journey yeah. instead of... And, it gives yeah. us a new direction. Now and, we were yeah. we were running, and now we have a specific goal. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Because again, like we were saying the other day, it's it's simple from this point. Mm-hmm. Um, while there need while there are going to be moments of understanding the logic of things and why they decide to do certain things and why certain things are happening, and you know, oh, if we go to Stonehenge, it's gonna that's the why we can figure out how to reverse this or whatever. Mm it remains simple. We, we were doing this, but now we're doing that. Um, and there may be difficulties in doing that. Well, how are we going to get to Stonehenge? We've got to get on an airplane. And well, we haven't got any passports. Okay. Well, I know a guy, whatever it is, you know, yeah. that, that it's just going to be the obstacles in terms of getting to that objective. And that, that make, and that, that makes the movie and that that makes the story from that point onwards. So they go to see the passport guy, the passport guys, you know, shut for lunch. Oh man, I've got to sit around and wait here. Who turns up the demons, you know? As we said, the story, the movie essentially writes itself. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, what? <laughs> Best obstacle ever. Closed for lunch. Closed for lunch. <laughs> so, if we, break, if we break this down into sequences, um, which we do sometimes, um, and... So I made myself, I made myself laugh there because I'm now playing all the moments in different movies where that would have been really effective. We, we have to go and see the Oracle. She is the one we need. And they get there and it's just closed for lunch, and then the agents turn up. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Ben. I'm just doing that thing I do where I distract you by making yeah. stupid jokes, and you go, "You're not helping, Jake." Yeah. <laughs> You're not helping, Jake. Um, so, well, we said we'd let everybody into our process. So we did that. This, is uh, this is what it looks like. This is, this is really what it looks um, like. So we're breaking this down into sequences, and we're coming out of Act 1. And In our Act 1, we have this big fight with the demons, and we escape. And we throw Sam into the trunk of our car, and we get the fuck out of there. And it's Hank, and it's Charlize. And they're on an un- they're in an uneasy alliance. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily trust each other, but they mm-hmm. clearly are on the same side in terms of who's yeah. fighting the demons. Yeah. And so we then um, where do we go? Where do we go then? What is the first we- scene? I mean, what 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 is the? I guess it's the okay. So we're going to move the plot forward, totally. or the character forward, right? Absolutely. So Sam doesn't know what the fuck is going on. 
She yeah, just thought she's people in the trunk of the car. People turned people turned up at her house. They were going to kill her. Then they weren't going to kill her. Then uh, was that she gets knocked out? Yeah, totally. So she needs to have at some point in sequence three in two point one. Mm. I think needs to learn, as do we, the audience. What's really going on here? Because we, the audience, don't actually know That's that Sam's true. the Antichrist. It's the, it's the, it's the exposition in the car scene from Terminator. It's Kyle yeah. Reese telling her, here's what's going on. Are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> then I'll begin. Comfortably. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I've pitched out this kind of um, the old man moment a few times, yes. but actually for the purpose of this, something like that could work nicely. I also feel like, um, I don't feel like there's quite as much, um, I'll say urgency in this moment, in this scene as there was in the Terminator for us to have to actually do this in the car while we're driving, especially since she was knocked out. So yes. now she could, we could have thrown her in the back and she could like come to as we're driving yeah. and we could do it in, I mean, they literally did it in the midst of a chase. He gives her, and then they park in the parking garage and he continues. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, that's like the sequence where like we get the full lowdown. So are that this is also traditionally the the time in a movie where you would start to gain allies if you want to have any allies um now the terminator there are none they don't really gain any allies it is what it is um but in terminator 2 they do mm -hmm. um you know mm -hmm. um it is that classic kind of that's the whole you know Campbell-esque structure, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we need any more characters in this. I don't know if we need any more, in any more characters in this either. Um, I would be okay not. Yeah. Honestly. So then we have, so then what we really are, are talking about is us basically figuring out not only what's going on, because even Hank doesn't fully, I mean, none of them fully understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Charlize has the most knowledge, but she doesn't know who Hank is. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is a bit of what's going on here. Now, there could be a really cool scene. So let's say Sam is knocked out. Let's say the next scene is Sam's in the back of the car, Pat, like still passed out. We've seen Hank, you know, throw her over or actually maybe it's Charlize because she's got demon strength throw her over her shoulder toss her into the back of the car they're driving away Hank's driving like crazy he manages to I don't even know if we wrote the car chase yet but no. um he he manages to to lose the D Zod and yeah. the others yeah right and then there's the beat of who the fuck are you yeah <laughs> now how much of that conversation have they had because we actually do have a who are you and who are you moment before Zod shows up. So maybe we don't need it yeah. in this. It's more, it's more, it's more Sam that needs to be having this than any, than anyone else. And what the fuck is going on and why I'm on the truck of the car. Right. 
what the fuck is it going. It might be the two of them debating over what to yes, do next. Totally. I think that's interesting. They are debating over what to do next in the car. Maybe they pull into fucking gas stations somewhere in Bumblefuck, Oregon. And um, mm. and they, they're arguing over what to do. Then suddenly, bang, 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 Sam wakes up in the trunk. Mm. And it's like, well, she's awake. Right. <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to come do? out again or are we going to talk to her? Maybe they're arguing over whether they kill her or not. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I think so it's, and that's the, so? Yeah. Are we? Yeah. It's like, maybe, maybe the answer, maybe there's something funny like the answer is, Let's decide when we open the trunk. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> she might be all. She might be all. You know, exorcist woman, right. child from that. Um, but yeah. I think that's the right shape of two point one. I think it is car chase into two point one. A debate amongst them as to what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Sam wakes up, and they explain what the hell's going on. Right. So then, the second sequence is usually where we would probably have another set piece um we're leading towards the midpoint as we talked about in whether it was fast and the furious or i forget what the other movie was that you referenced yeah, yeah. oh we were talking through terminator um, there's that usually that 2.1 set piece yeah, yeah. um but the, but the, that can be at the midpoint it can be at the midpoint or it can be just before the midpoint yeah. Um, yeah, it can lead you into the midpoint. It can, it, it, but it's somewhere in that two point two, yeah. as what we call two point two section. Sure. Um, I'm not sure what that is yet. So let's just focus on two point one for right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, And and write down some of these um, brilliant, of some of where we are with it. Yeah. Brilliant moments. Um, so uh, why don't you give the uh, spiel? Follow me on Twitter. He's at Ben Lund underscore Lustig. I'm at Jake Thornton. Wonder if we'll move somewhere else. I mean, you know, I was looking at Twitter today. I mean, I lost a handful of followers, but I hasn't seen them. I haven't seen a mat. I've seen some people leaving. Mm-hmm. But I haven't, you know, I still well, How do you feel about staying? What's that? How do you feel about staying? I, I honestly, I don't really, I, I don't really mind. I think, I think, I think a social, here's the thing. I think a social media network is a representative of what society is. And that, I think that goes for all the shit as well. Um, uh, I do agree that hate speech should be, should be silenced and minimized. Um, it's, it's a, it's, 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 I, I'm staying on Twitter for the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see how, I'm gonna see how it goes. I'm yeah. gonna see how it goes. I have, I mean, I know there were on the day that Elon took back over, lots of things happened. We're going to say, oh, excellent, I can do this again. And people who had been, you know, banned, back suddenly right. back. Right. Um, again, I don't know if I don't know if banning people from social from social platforms is the best version either, because I actually almost think it amplifies their voices in a weird way. <laughs> Everyone's then talking about it. <laughs> you know? sure. We haven't seen. We have. I mean, if you if you don't like Trump or you do like Trump, whatever. Trump still. Everyone still talks about Trump. Trump's still in the news. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. Like I said, I'm I'm still on Twitter for the moment, but it's um, right. Well, it's a complex. You can find, you can find us both on Twitter 
for the moment. I, I I actually will probably be leaving Twitter, but mainly I think because I didn't really love it in the first place. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I I tried to get into it. I really did. Um, I I what I really enjoy about it is uh, the fact that there's lots of screenwriters on there, yeah, and that I like, I like, like, I like a supportive community. I think it's but, a um, generally. but I don't like the the format. I mean, like honestly, like it, like as mm. simple as that is, I go, I don't. This isn't like great, and mm. I, and I don't quite. I don't know, like yeah. the whole thread thing, and yeah, Leandro, who's watching, hey Leandro, uh, talking about TikTok. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on TikTok. I've been exploring TikTok as an author. Um, and yes, you're right. It is a good place for short videos and things like that. So, um, but only okay. short. I think the maximum you this can do on that is three minutes. But I guess you could you could point to you could point to um, YouTube and go, hey, and I, I I have done on a couple of my videos, going, hey, we've got some episodes up of the show and blah 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 blah. blah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. One of the suggestions from the the um, the that also was in the comment um, was that we should be posting on Reddit. Um, right. Let yeah. people know that we're going to be having an episode or links to our. Yeah, we should actually go and, go and promote our live episode with Derek. Oh, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't know yet, and you're watching this, and you're watching this in the week that we're going to be doing this on Friday, mm -hmm. the 11th, uh, we're going to be talking to screenwriter and producer Derek Kolstad. He's the creator of the John Wick franchise and also the writer of uh, Nobody. And did you see that John Wick's going to be in the ballerina? That, that he's going to be in it. He's going to be in it, even if it's just a cameo. Oh, he's going to be in the ballerina. The ballerina is a spec. This is an, it was interesting with the ballerina, wasn't it? It was a spec, not tied to the John Wick universe at all, that Lionsgate bought. And they're now going, yeah, let's just make it part of the John Wick universe. <laughs> well, I think it's slightly more complicated because I think, if I'm not mistaken, that that spec was written by the writer who ended up writing on John Wick 3. That's right. So I don't know, but I'm speculating that he probably, if he had written the spec ahead of time, knew and went to Lionsgate and said, so you know that character I wrote into John Wick 3 that's the ballerina? I have this other script. Yeah, that's sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder. Or... I mean, maybe he was inspired by that character and wrote a spec on it. So I, I'd be curious to know, like, the order of things. Yeah, it's, uh, Shay, the fact that he wrote on John Wick Three is his name. Maybe yeah, he wonder. sold the ballerina first. And I think that's what job. happened. I think he sold the ballerina to Lionsgate. They said, "Hey, let's roll this into the John Wick franchise," and saying, "Hey, Sings, we like you as a writer. Do you want to come and do a rewrite on John Wick 3? Maybe that is what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the funny thing though is that um, you know Derek created the universe, and so um, ultimately he'll have some kind of credit on that. You're gonna have some kind of credit, actually, if John's gonna be in it. Yeah, I mean, that's based on characters by. Indeed, it absolutely. Um, it absolutely. You know, it's a really interesting kind of separate business topic that we can yeah do yeah at the time is talking about franchises and creating characters and how yeah. that works. Yeah. Um. Right. So the last thing that we had was a fight. Zod has a bigger crew. Sam and Hank work together to save Sam and escape. 
We wrote and it in that's that one. one. And this is going to be the kind of bridging. Uh, yeah. Bridge. Our bridge. I think we're going into exterior Sam's apartment at this point. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's car chase, isn't it, at this moment? Well, yes. But what we have here is that someone called the cops. They witnessed Sam's kidnapping. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now they're another obstacle. So I think yeah. what we need to have is that, that transition of they're escaping and mm -hmm. Sam is over one of their shoulders mm -hmm. and they come down and they get into one of their cars and the cops see that they're throwing a body into the back seat of their car. Yeah, their sure. Trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like the siren. Right. Shit, let's go. Right. And they're probably being chased by the cops. And, and Zod? I mean, depends. Do we think, I mean, depends on what they do in that fight. I mean, that's going to come yeah. down to a, a much deeper description of what happens in that fight. Yeah. If they're able to disable and slow down Zod and the crew in a big, fun, cool mm. way, mm. like if they weren't demons, it'd be like, you know, throwing in a gas canister or something to, to like, Right. really give us a head start so we think we're home free but then the cops show up and now we're being chased by the cops right. that's cool and i'd actually think i'd prefer that because then it doesn't feel like we're just being chased by the same person sure um and it feels like a new thing right and now we have to ditch the car because the license plate and everything else mm -hmm. I and mean, it creates mm -hmm. all new obstacles which are really which i think is a it's never bad to have more obstacles. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, we'll go in here. I, uh, we need to kind of make a note here, you know, how do they get away? Yeah. In And and, and it has to be specific. Mm -hmm. um, and before we write that scene, yes. and go into the writing phase, we're going to have to come up with that in yeah. order to make the next beat work yeah. yeah and it's going to probably involve again going into demon lore going what can yes. you do what can they throw do? down yeah three demons totally um, yes but i mean presumably those three demons are in a are in a car if that car were to crash we would be able to get away but we're not in the car we're in the apartment and then the cut like based on what i just spewed uh -huh. out for the last minute um, they wouldn't be chasing us. In oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so. Okay. Based on that. Uh, uh, based on the look on your face, I don't know that you actually were listening to No, I was. <laughs> I no, I was. No, yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. no, I was. Um, um, maybe I misheard you. So okay, because maybe I was I was seeing things as you were as you were talking them, and maybe I just thought that you were saying what I was seeing. <laughs> Sometimes this happens. Yes. <laughs> what I was saying was that it would be nice to not have Zod also be chasing them. In the I car, see. Okay. Because it changes who they're being chased and fighting, quote unquote, right. and then it gives us a new obstacle. Otherwise, okay. then the cops and Zod okay. are chasing them, and do cool. the cops then have to respond okay. to Zod? Yeah. And this way, Zod and the crew can quote unquote escape without ever having been seen by the cops. Fine, fine, fine. It, it, it I think it helps us, but what it needs okay. then is a reason that the that our gang 
are able to escape the apartment without Zod jumping out the window after them. Right. And so that's why I'm saying there needs to be a specific okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. way okay. for them to escape. All right. So oh, Sam uh, is being carried over the shoulder of Charlize mm -hmm. as um, she and Hank rush to, should it be, I'll go to Hank's car. Yeah, sure. Hank's car, which is closer. Yeah, that's fine. Um, or who has, a, yeah, Hank's got a lot of cool weapons in his. Yeah, car. Hank's got cool Um, shit. So they throw Sam in the back seat, but Pops have pulled down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, streets uh they were called i don't know how we'll see this this is just for the mm -hmm. outline they were called in, i mean maybe we'd hear the police radio hey right. responding to the domestic to, oh what the hell yeah you know it's just yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Sure. Yeah, they were yeah. called in response to a complaint from the noise um and they see sam being kidnapped they flash the lights and uh siren oh it should be something cool where like hank like fires his gun and like mm -hmm. like one of those moments of holy shit what the fuck is that we need backup mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah and, yep, and yep, yep. like what the hell are you doing and he's like we yep. can't let them catch us and she's like yep. yeah now we're gonna have like 20 of them on our backs yeah 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 you know, I want there to have them to have this like banter. Yeah, I agree. Them, I agree. With them bantering yeah. all the time, for sure. Um, you know, Hank fires at them. They call it for backup. Um, Hank and Charlize um, take off in a street chase. Yep. Um, now we enter into the chase, but this, mm -hmm. the way we would probably write this, it depends if we're cutting. We probably would cut to them driving, and now they're pulling around the corner. We're on the street, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, exterior Portland streets, uh, nights, you know, uh, Hank rounds the corner, followed by the cop car. Yeah. And I think we just go into, and then there's a chase. Yeah. This leads to a cool chase. Nothing too expensive. <laughs> um, we've had chases where helicopters have been blown up. We um, have. And we're like, this movie's not that expensive. But what's really funny is as I was watching um, Midnight Run, there's a moment where a helicopter turns up in that and crashes. I mean, how I don't know what Midnight Run costs to make back in. Yeah, the it does. Funny, it doesn't day. feel expensive. It's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. They had two big stars. They did have two big stars. Yeah, I wonder what the budget was on Midnight Run. I'd be intrigued. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for when it was like early '90s, I think. And like, you'd have to like then go. Well, what what would that be? 
yeah today yeah and also what do what things cost and you know sure yeah there was a time i mean that helicopter crashing might have been a model budget totally it's funny it didn't look like it 35 35 million in 1988 in the 80s 35 million was like a hundred million dollar movie now probably yeah sure yeah 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 you know if you think about it like what is what is a dollar worth from 1988 dollar to 2022 yeah at inflation yeah it's got to be at least double, right? It's got to be at least 70 million. Let's look. 84 million. There you go. In today's dollars. So, yeah. yeah. Expensive. It's movie. funny. It doesn't feel like an 85 million dollar movie. <laughs> but it had two big stars and a helicopter yeah, two big stars and a helicopter in it. So there you so, go. There you go. Yeah, um, cool. This leads to a cool chase. Nothing too expensive. Yeah. Uh, but other cops join in. Yeah, their car is now, um, you know, burned. Thanks, driving um, lets them, you know, lose the cops, mm -hmm. but they are on the run now from both Zod and cops. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, from there we're gonna—they're gonna have to find a place to basically ditch the car, ditch the car, a new car, and it's in yeah. that where they're gonna have to take her out of the trunk in order to do so. She's gonna wake up and want to know what's going on. Yeah. So I mean, that can be in an underground parking garage. That could be in an above-ground parking garage. Exactly. That no, it doesn't even have to be in a parking garage. <laughs> It could be in a driveway. It could be in street parking. It could be, <laughs> um, it could be in the middle of the woods. Types of places where cars are, it could be. Oh, um, I see, I see where a place where you keep car. It could be in a car, a used car lot. Jay Leno's garage. Jay Leno's garage. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. A car dealership. That's Sorry, weird. we're not going to keep going <laughs> this direction. But... Yeah. Um, but because they do need a new car and they're smart enough, they're not going to just go to like a field or a random cabin. No, it needs there. to be somewhere where they we do need can... to switch cars now. They just escaped the cops. They need okay. to be smart. You know, Hank's yeah. a demon. And their car there. got banged up pretty bad. And, oh, yeah. So I, mean, I would say it's probably, you know, we're probably also, by the way, this is probably also, and I'm just going to put this, it's probably interior, exterior. Sure. Uh, Hank's car as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, it's it's a combination of that, and yeah. then um, you're we're probably watching Hank's car uh, pull into something. Uh, yeah. Let's go. You know, just parking garage for now. Sure. Fine. Yeah. We'll um, night. The car pulls into a dark parking garage right um and then i think inside the car there now it's parked into your hank's car yeah parked hank and charlie's argue over what to do next yeah yeah and now this is where it gets interesting with outlining um because this conversation could be a million different things. So yes. what we like to do 
is at least enough uh, that yeah. we're not surprised by the choice that the other writer yes. makes. Um, sometimes we'll do that on the day. Let's say we might. writing that scene, we'll have a conversation that morning. What do you think that yeah. conversation looks like? And that's okay. Yeah, and, um, and ultimately in the outline, we might go, his point of view is, is this, her point of view is this, he wins the argument or whatever. Yes. You know, so I think based on the fight that they were having yeah. at her house, yeah. Hank probably still wants to kill her and Charlize probably is still trying to convince him not to, yes. which is an odd perspective coming from a demon. And we can revisit that, revisit argument, that argument in a new way that we yeah. haven't done before. And Charlize now would probably give Hank yeah. The truth over her. I'm an ex demon. What do you mean? An, you can't be an ex demon. Right. Like, well, yes, technically, I am still a demon, but I'm not oh. one of them anymore, you know? Um, we'll visit this, I think, on our next show because I know you have to get going. Yes, I, I do have on. to end now. You're right. So, um, so yeah, good good. This was good. We got through it. We got through We are in fully into, we are act, fully in act, uh, into act two. In fact, that was the first real, like, big moment yeah it was two. absolutely you know, it was our kind of bridge across indeed. act one and act two indeed, indeed. so great um thanks, thanks everyone uh, join us again tomorrow yeah. and um see you then see you then thanks <laughs>